Welcome to the talk show for talkers from irishtalkers.com. Welcome to part two of the talk show for talkers here on irishtalkers.com this week. And in this section, we're going to listen to the words of wisdom from a gentleman called Florian Merck. Florian is a German. He lives in Barcelona and he is a keynote speaker and trainer. And in fact, he was the keynote speaker at the Sheffield Conference of District 71. Anyway, if you go to YouTube and you search for Florian Merck, FL Florian and M-U-E-R-K, and look for his IESE podcasts, you'll find some or all, well, all and a bit more of what we're going to listen to now. Let's listen first of all, and then we'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. When he was still with us, my father always told me that the thing that makes me the happiest man on earth is when I see my ex-students in town after 30 years of not seeing them. And the first thing that I see on their face when they see me is a smile. You as a speaker, as a leader, you always have to make your audience smile as well. You have to make them feel good. A smile has three different qualities for me. First quality, it makes you feel good. When you smile, that's the only time when you can cheat your brain. You feel better. Imagine you step on stage in front of 500 shareholders and you have a dry mouth and sweaty palms and your heart is pumping. When you smile at the beginning, your body thinks you're fine and you feel good. Second quality, it is contagious. Your smile is contagious. When you see a friend in the street, you smile, he smiles back. When you smile at your son, he smiles back. When you smile at the audience, the audience smiles back. Your smile is contagious. Infect them with your smile. Third quality, you look marvelous. You look like a winner. You exude enthusiasm, passion, charisma when you smile. When you have a horizontal line in your face throughout your entire speech, you will never engage. You will never electrify your audience. You have to smile at them. To make my father happy, it only took a smile from his ex-students. To move your audience to action, to engage your audience, to electrify your people, use the power of your smile. Vini Vidi Vici. One of history's most famous alliterations was written by Julius Caesar after his short war on Pharnaces of Pontus II. And it was so powerful that Philip Morris even made it part of their logo. Alliterations and other rhetorical devices are a great fertilizer for your message. Alliterations do work and they might sound Greek to you, but they're easy to use. Instead of in your PowerPoint title or in your report, instead of saying confidence, communication, partnerships, you can say confidence, communication, coalition as the success factors of your company. Anaphora in your speech. We shall prevail. We shall overcome. We shall succeed. We shall never give up. Think about Winston Churchill's famous quote. Another great use of rhetorical devices are repetitions. 
What do you think about when you hear the name Barack Obama? Yes, we can. I once did a speech on, on the title racism and the punchline after four minutes was racism is old-fashioned. I used that phrase nine times in, in two and a half minutes. Six months later, a lady came to me and said, aren't you that racism is old-fashioned guy? She remembered that punchline after six months just because of continual repetition. And the third rhetorical device I want to share with you are metaphors, pictorial language. Iese is a harbor of values on the coastline of business schools. We fight like a lion to prevail in these difficult market situations. The wind of change blows strong. These are very powerful images. An image says more than a thousand words, but few words can create an image. Next time you do your speeches, include many rhetorical devices like alliterations, anaphoras, metaphors. They make your speech much more powerful, the message much more powerful. You will succeed like Julius Caesar did 47 before Christ. A powerful tool to keep the level of attention high in the audience is to engage them. For me, there are three different levels of audience engagement. First, the audience engagement, the entire audience. You can ask rhetorical questions like, aren't we all sick of the word crisis? Or, who of you have been to Greece? These are questions that engage the entire audience. Then, you have subgroups in the audience. My special friends are the last row guys. Like, this goes to the last row, or can the last row please stand up? Subgroup engagement. The third level and the most powerful level of engagement is on an individual level. You can make your homework and know that someone in the audience has birthday on that day. Say in the middle of your speech, by the way, Christina, happy birthday. This is a domino effect of empathy. You have three levels of engagement, an audience level, subgroup level, individual level. Engage them as much as you can. The level of attention will always stay high. Don't you hate it? Don't you hate it? You are at this party and there's this one guy. The one guy who always tells all the jokes of the world and everybody laughs. He's the fun guy. He's the humorous guy. You are not. Well, as a public speaker, here comes the challenging point. You have no option. You have to make your audience laugh because they want to laugh. They're waiting for it. Laughter is good. Laughter makes them feel good. Laughter is contagious. Laughter makes your speech memorable. So, but you're not a joke teller. What can you do? Three tricks to make them laugh. First trick, exaggerations. Make everything abominably bigger and smaller and prettier. You could say, for instance, when you're in Catalonia, that when you turn 18, I had already eaten five kilometers of pan con tomate. That would be an exaggeration. Second trick, make fun of yourself. I'm German. We love Frankfurt and Chukrut. But I always say in my speeches, we are boring, efficient alcoholics. Yes, we are Germans. People always laugh about that. Making fun of yourself is great because you're humble. Third one, you're not humble at all. You make fun of the alpha dog. So who's the alpha dog? In every audience, there's always the richest, the prettiest, the most famous, the most important politician. So this person is your target right away. Be careful, you're walking on thin ice. 
you cannot make fun of that person, you have to have fun with. When there's the President of the United States of America, you can say, I heard the President of the United States and I share the same hobby. He loves to run, I love to run. I love to run away from my problems. That would mean you have fun with the President. Now, exaggerations, making fun of yourself, and the fall of the alpha dog, free laughters for sure. You will not be a joke teller, but you will make them laugh. Mohandas Gandhi once said, change is the essence of life. Be willing to surrender what you are for what you could become. Quotes, quotations, are a wonderful tool to move your content of the speech to higher levels. I will give you two reasons for using many quotes in your speech. First, they provide an intellectual touch to your speech. Second, they give you credibility. Once I was attending a presentation by the former CEO of Beck's Breweries, the beer brand, and he was perfect. The poise, the stance, the charisma, the experience-driven content. But the thing that struck me most was the use of his quotes. He had more or less 10 quotes in 45 minutes. Today I know he just learned them by heart and he uses them all over. But they were great. It was intellectual. Second, credibility. I'm a foreigner and I live in Barcelona for eight years now. If you take Nelson Mandela, you understand the Catalans with their language issue. Because Nelson Mandela once said, if you speak to a man in a language he understands, you speak to his head. When you speak to the man in his language, you speak to his heart. Nelson Mandela, everything this guy says is true. Same, of course, accounts for Winston Churchill, Gorbachev, Gandhi, all those people. Huge amount of credibility. You can borrow that credibility without being a thief. I recommend you use as many quotes as possible in your speech. They're great grabbers, they're great closings, they give you intellect and credibility. Paul, I saw you writing away furiously there, and I, I have to confess, I was taking quite a few notes, even though I've heard all of these speeches before. There's a lot of good information there. And one of the ones, well, I, I connected with them all, really, but the, the one I connected with most, I think, was the engagement. Engagement with the audience, because it's something that I certainly um, Maybe not too good at doing, but I'm getting there. I'm learning how to get good engagement with the audience. I liked his idea of, of making fun with somebody and not making fun of somebody. That's great for, for grabbing humour from unusual places, I think. Uh, exaggeration, yeah, that's always a good, a good way of creating humour. and. That's something that is probably easier to create within your speech than you might imagine. Because when you, when you draft a speech, you quite often are making statements, let's say. And it's not difficult to take a statement which you meant sincerely or seriously and actually exaggerate that statement in order to, to get a bit of a laugh. The fall of the alpha dog, love that. Uh, quotes, 
I don't know how, how useful quotes are when you, as he mentioned, 45 minutes, 10 quotes. That seemed to me an awful lot. I, I know 45 minutes is a very long speech anyway, and it's not something in Toastmasters we tend to, to do. Oh, in Toastmasters but, we're preparing to make 45 minutes. Well, uh, yeah, I grant, I grant now, you that. I now grant look, you that. Let me say, I hear you uh, raise a question about how many quotes you should use in a speech. Do not forget that this advice is being given by a man who has already urged us to exaggerate. <laughs> so when he says to us, uses, you know, ten quotes in a, in a speech or whatever, apply the same logic as he has. That is exaggeration to make a point. I mm. mean, that's, mm. I submit that that's what yeah. uh, Florian would say if we were having a pint in the bar. He would say, well, look, I just wanted to get across to the idea yeah. to people that they should use quotations. Quotations give them authority. Quotations means that you are powerful by association, all these sort of things. But, yeah, he, this is a man given to exaggeration. I've seen him speak. He is an, I mean, he was very self-contained there. When I saw him on stage, he was exaggerating his own smile. Sure. Yeah. No, there was too many things in those five for me, Moira. That's why I was writing them down. I realized very quickly that uh, I could spend ten minutes uh, dwelling on the question of the smile. I've seen a whole lot of speakers come out. I mean, this I'm thinking now predominantly, but not exclusively, of people in Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. Because they're nervous, or I assume it's because they're nervous, they begin their speech looking at the floor. Mm -hmm. And th that's the first thing that will never make anybody smile. If anything, that will make people feel concerned. Yeah. So next time that you come out to, to make a speech, the one place you mustn't look is at the floor. And a lot of, a lot of people do. Uh, I write on the top of every, any bit of paper that I have that I'm going to use in speech making, especially in uh, evaluations. At the top, I write in big letters, smile, to remind myself that in order to gain good connection with the audience, I must start off with a big smile. Now, I've seen very good speakers uh, recover from the fact that they looked at the floor, but they're recovering. Yes, indeed. And that's always much harder to mm. recover. Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this segment. Come back again for part three, when Paul is going to be talking about president. The president, yes. Yes. Talk Show for Talkers is published every Friday afternoon at 4pm Dublin time. Check on our website irishtalkers.com for more information. <laughs>